Yes, it's time for Matthew Collin to join us here on the John Schuster Cole Banker Hotline. Uh, Matthew, uh, the last time that we talked, was it? Well, hold on. Um, yeah, it wasn't 2023, but uh, welcome in. Happy New Year. Uh, now, that opens up a debate of how many days can go by into the new year where you can still say it. But I think since we haven't talked, yeah, you're good here. Since we haven't talked, we can absolutely say it. What are you talking yeah. about? Well, you know, I saw Chad Hartman tweeting about this the other day. He said you only get three days to say it after New Year's. I think that's a little harsh. Chad Harbin, who was that? I don't know who that is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, always happy to have you on. All right, so you know what? Let me b- Before we get into the Vikings, um, there's no way that I'm not going to ask you just, just, man, how you felt and, and your thoughts Monday night when you saw what transpired uh, between the Buffalo Bills and Cincinnati Bengals with Demar Hamlin um, and all of that, because I asked that same question earlier of Dame Mizzitani because um, he covers the Vikings as well. But just, you know, I know how I felt when I was at Target Center and I was watching Monday Night Football at Target Center that night. I want to get your reaction. Yeah, I mean, I was just watching the game as usual, sitting on the couch. Uh, and, you know, in, in real time, uh, when the play was live, I saw what happened, and I actually texted my wife, Sloan, who you know, and I said, I think something really bad just happened because I've seen so many injuries over the years covering football. I mean, when Brian O'Neill got hurt, I immediately knew that's, a, that's bad. That's probably an Achilles. I've seen ACLs torn. I've seen concussions. I've seen all these things. I've never seen that. I've never seen a guy go down, get back up, and then just immediately fall. And so I was very concerned right away for that. And then when I saw the medical professionals acting the way they were, <clears throat> running and getting on the walkie-talkie, it's like this doesn't happen when someone just gets hurt. And uh, so as it, as it kind of devolved into the players standing around and everything else, like their faces, I've also never seen that out of NFL players before. Like it's very hard to shake a whole group of NFL players because they have seen every injury under the sun. And every time they're asked to just get back out there, so Josh Allen's face, his thousand-yard stare, that's going to stick with me forever. And I was very, very concerned that the worst possible outcome was going to happen. And so like everybody else, I mean, I just kept refreshing Twitter, waiting and hoping that it was it was something you know much less serious than it looked like. And it turned out to be an incredibly serious thing. And then, you know, I've just spent the last couple of days just hoping like everyone else. Uh, and finally today we get some good news. We get him being able to communicate and him starting to heal, which I think is just uh, a, a complete credit to all of the people who ran onto that field, to the ambulance, to the tra- uh, the trauma center, like those people jumping into action. When you never expect that to happen, I'm sure that those people have gone through a thousand injuries and they never expect to get out to the person and have their heart stopped. And so that the way that they jumped into action is just unbelievable. Um, and they're the reason that he's still alive. And I think that there's a lot of reasons to be very, very cynical about the NFL in this moment. And all of those points are probably fair about the danger of the game, the guaranteed contracts and all those things that we could talk about. Um, but also the NFL put these things in place over the years to, to make sure they could save someone's life. If the worst possible thing happened, and and they did, and it's incredible. Yeah, and you're, you know, I think that one of the things that I'll never forget in this, well, first off, I'm never going to forget what happened and what transpired, and I hope that he 
uh, fully recovers and, and lives a long, healthy life. Um, I, I, to be honest with you, I, you know, look, would, would it? I, I'm not even concerned about his career at this particular. I just want him to be able to be able to live and live the way that he would like. Because when you're 24, you got, and I'm, it sounds like he's. Um, an awesome young man, and it sounds like he's mm-hmm. somebody that can do so many more things in his life. So that's 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 amazing, and, and and I hope that that's the case for him. But you know, the the motto in the NFL has always been "next man up." Well, Monday night we 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 figured that we found out it's not next man up because there was no next man up on Monday night. It was no, this is as serious as it gets. And no, these players, like you just mentioned, they can't shake this. And no, it isn't. We're just going to play on and just go ahead and, and finish this game out. Yeah, right. And, you know, th- this is such a ruthless sport, and it's such a hardened sport. And the guys compare themselves to warriors and the military and war all the time. And they say, I, in the trenches and all those types of things. But I think what we saw is so much humanity in the last few days from NFL players. I mean, today... Patrick Peterson was pretty emotional talking about how, you know, he was watching the game with his daughters and he had his wife take them upstairs because he didn't want them to see that. And then he said, you know, the next time he gets on the field, how could you not have that in your mind? And, and, you know, also Matt Daniels today, the Vikings special teams coordinator, he lost his dad to a heart problem. And he said it was very, very hard for him to see that happen to someone else. And also he's, you know, cultivated these relationships with players to be there for them emotionally through this and the amount that NFL players have been willing to share. I mean, Harrison Phillips, you know, played with uh, DeMar Hamlin and, and talking about, you know, him trying to lend a hand in any way he could by buying dinner for the people who were caring for him and things like that. I mean, I just think that what you really saw in the wake of this is all of those kind of walls come down and these guys show their humanity in ways that we have never, ever seen from NFL players before the openness that they talk about their fears and things like that. And sometimes I think that I'm, I'm just amazed that the, that, you know, Patrick Peterson's kind of got a whole group of us standing around him and he's talking about it this openly, but I think that's how raw the emotions and how deep the emotions hit for them. So, I mean, this is because it's taken a good turn today. I mean, just thank God that it's going that way. And I think everyone will be able to go out and play uh, on Sunday, but if it hadn't, if we hadn't been talking about DeMar Hamlin, you know, waking up and starting to feel better, I mean, I don't know how anybody could have could have focused on the game. I mean, yep. it just this this thing just really hit hard and hit in a different way than any other injury or anything I've ever seen has for NFL players. Talking to Matthew Collar, give him a follow on Twitter at Matthew Collar, but uh, more importantly, check out his fine work, PurpleInsider.com. Let's turn our attention now to the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, you mentioned um, a few minutes ago just <laughs> injury riddled now in terms of that offensive line. I, how do you go about walking into this final game? In your opinion, do you rest guys? Because to me, I feel like you should beat the Bears anyway. Even if uh, Justin Jefferson is sat down, or even if a Kirk Cousins or somebody was like, how do you approach this final game? So I was listening to uh, Dane uh, and what he said earlier, and I just completely agree with everything that Dane said. Um, There is no way to play this game at 80% trying to protect yourself. And if, you know, these players are going to go out and give 100% to beat the Bears, there's always that risk that something like what happened to Brian O'Neill. And think about this, like Brian O'Neill has been the pillar of health. 
I mean, this guy has been there every single game, and then he turns wrong and, and steps wrong on the field, and then all of a sudden he's out. And he's one of the best players in the NFL. And now you have to go into the playoffs without him. I think that uh, – I, I feel like we're all concerned parents talking about this as we were like to Kevin O'Connell. Like, Kevin, <laughs> are you sure – are you sure you want to jump out of an airplane with no parachute here? Because, <laughs> like, uh, you know, are you sure you want to text and drive, Kevin? I don't think it's a good idea. I'm a concerned parent. Wear your seatbelt. Sit down, Justin Jefferson. I think that because there is something to play for, at least in their minds, that there's a chance that Arizona beats San Francisco. And, you know, you can never assume in the NFL when they're all pros. So because there's that chance, they want that number two seed. My thing is, it just ain't worth it. It just ain't worth it. Because if you lose, if Justin Jefferson turns an ankle, heck, I mean, it doesn't have to be even Jefferson. It could be K.J. Osborne. It could be T.J. Hawkinson. It could, like, this roster is so thin that if Zadarius Smith goes down with a knee injury, you can't rush the passer. It's just over. Your season is just over if you lose one more player. And I'm not even 100% sure that losing Brian O'Neill doesn't do it itself. Um, because that's such a key position for them um, on their offensive line. So I think they're putting their life in their hands by playing starters, but from everything that Kevin O'Connell has said this week, and we've asked him a few times, like, are you sure? Are you sure you're going to play those starters? And every time he says, well, you know, we're going to limit some snap counts and things like that. But I, I, think it's, I think it's risky. And not only that, you're also playing a bunch of Bears players that have nothing to lose. I mean, these guys are fighting for their jobs and their careers a lot of them, because they're not playing starters here. They're playing backups who are just trying to showcase what they can do to stay on a roster, and that's a scary thing too. So, yeah, I, I don't like it. I think it's not a very good idea, but um, it sounds like they're going to do it. All right, so beyond just the fact that they lost the game, uh, which is clearly you know it's disappointing to lose to a rival in the Green Bay Packers, what, uh, what, what, was, what, what was the most disappointing or – frustrating thing that you thought about when you when you saw the game on Sunday that's a good question because it's kind of everything um yeah sometimes when you come out of a game like that it's like okay what's a real problem and what's random uh usually teams don't get a kick return for touchdown it's kind of random usually you don't throw an interception where your receiver slides on the grass falls down but I think that the it's sort of all of the fears that you have about the team anyway in the playoffs were on display there. Uh, once Green Bay got a little bit of a lead, they just ran and ran and ran and ran, and there was nothing that they could do about it. And if Saquon Barkley, if that's who they face in the first round, if the Giants can run the ball, I mean, there's just nothing this defense can really do. Um, the amount of comfort that Aaron Rodgers had, the, you know, just the, even the fact that some weeks we talk about, oh, K.J. Osborne had a good week or T.J. Hawkinson like, um, you know, supplementing Justin Jefferson. But if Jefferson slowed down, it's just that you just have nothing. You have no answers at all. Like there's no one who can rise to that challenge. And, and I think when they went into the season, they thought that Osborne and Thielen would be able to do that. And then when they acquired Hawkinson, and he's been good. There's no doubt he's been good. But a possession tight end who averages eight yards a catch or something is not going to be a guy – who could take over a game and their running game for the Vikings is just non-existent at this point. And so I think that like the disturbing part of it is if a team even slows down Jefferson for a possession for a quarter, you just are losing at that point because you have no answers on defense and you have no answers in the run game or with additional wide receivers, which makes you sound like, 
kind of a mediocre team. And I think that, you know, if people were kind of holding on to that, like, hey, maybe they're, they're just magic this year, team of destiny. It was hard to walk out of Green Bay with all of their weaknesses on display and still say, oh, yeah, like everything's fine here. Yeah. Hey, uh, always a pleasure, Matthew. I appreciate the time tonight. The next time that we chat on air, it'll be talking playoffs, my friend. All right. Appreciate it, Henry. Thanks, man. All right. Take care. That's Matthew Collar joining us here on The Lake Show.